Praise God. Are you ready today to get into the Word? I've got some things in, in my heart uh, for our church that I want to, to uh, go over some truths on Wednesday night. I want to develop some healing teams in our church. And I want to uh, have our ministry of healing in the church go up several notches. And so I, I, and in order to do that, I've got to have a good, strong core of people that will join in. And uh, we're looking at, you know, young and uh, older and old people, praise the Lord, because, you know, there's a lot of people in the Bay Area that need a touch from heaven. Yes, there's a lot of people that need healing in their bodies. And uh, I believe that, uh, you know, a pastoral staff, even though we're equipped and we have the anointing, I believe that that anointing is on everybody. Amen. And that, you know, Jesus said that, Believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. And so, you know, I'm, uh, I'm just looking to the Lord for direction. I'm kind of circling the city, if you will, to, to see exactly, you know, some how-tos and different things. I've got some materials coming and got some things in my heart. But we're just going to start out with some, some basic truths concerning healing. Now, the midweek services will still be the midweek services, but the emphasis for the next while is going to be on healing. Amen. And we're going we're gonna to talk about it uh, in, in depth. So let's pray and let's look to the Lord. Amen? How many of you will just agree with us? Amen. For exact wisdom, exact direction. So Father, we come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the greater one who indwells us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are our Savior. You are our healer. You are our baptizer in the Holy Spirit and power. And you are the soon coming King of kings and Lord of lords. And Lord, all we want to do while we're here on this earth, we just want to do Your will. So we pray, Lord God, that Your will be done in our hearts, in our lives, and in our ministry here together. The will of the Lord be accomplished. Your will be done. Thy kingdom come in the mighty name above every name. The name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I want you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 12. And I'm going to read something to you tonight from F.F. F. Bosworth's book, Christ the Healer. If you don't have that book, it's an excellent tool on the subject of healing. F.F. F. Bosworth says this, Before people can have a steadfast faith or trust for the healing of their bodies, they must be rid of all uncertainty concerning God's will in the matter. Appropriating faith cannot go beyond one's knowledge of the revealed will of God. Before attempting to exercise faith for healing, one needs to know what the Scriptures plainly teach, that it is just as much God's will to heal the body as it is to heal the soul. Now, how many of you have seen The Passion of Christ? You know, The Passion of Christ was very vivid. It was an excellent, excellent movie. And it portrayed the sufferings of Christ very well. No person in their right mind could look up at the cross and see the blood just flowing from Jesus' body and Jesus' life and, and ever have a doubt, God, is it your will to save me? He loved us so much that He gave everything. He gave His entire life. He shed His blood for us. Well, likewise, 
And TBN, by the way, is showing the passion for Christ several times, I think, throughout the month. But likewise, when Jesus Christ went to the whipping post, He was beaten. He was bruised. He was marred so much, so vividly, that His human body didn't resemble a human any longer. How could we, for one moment, ever look at Him on the whipping post and ask Him, God, is it Jesus in Your will to heal me? Of course it is. The will of God for everyone and everybody to benefit from so great a salvation. The will of God. Everyone say the will of God. And then let me just read something else before I get to my message. The word is the seed, F.F. Bosworth says. It is, the, it is the seed of the divine life. Until the person seeking healing is sure from God's will that it is His will, God's word, that it is His will to heal him, he is trying to reap a harvest where there is no seed planted. It would be impossible for a farmer to have faith for a harvest before he was sure that the seed had been planted. It is not God's will, he goes on to say, that there shall be a harvest without the planting of the seed, without His will being known and acted on. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you... Free. You can do better. Make you... One more time. Make you... Free. Amen. He goes on to say, For each sick person to know that it is God's will to heal him, it is necessary for the seed to be planted in his heart and in his mind. It is not planted until it is known and received and trusted. No sinner can become a Christian before he knows that it's God's will to save him. It is the Word of God planted and watered and steadfastly trusted which heals both soul and body, and the seed must remain planted and be kept watered before it can produce a harvest. Amen. Now I know beyond any shadow of a doubt that we serve a miracle-working God, and God will heal people miraculously without any faith on the person's part. But He also operates in the arena of trust and confidence, especially for people who know Him and know His Word. Amen. We don't want to limit Him. But look at Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. It says, And it came to pass, when He was in a certain city, behold, a man... Now notice this. He was full of leprosy. You know, it's one thing to have leprosy... And over in India, I understand that there are leper colonies. But it's another thing to be, I mean, so full of leprosy. I mean, to where uh, you don't even want to go into how gross it might be. But a person that is, has full-blown leprosy is a very sick person. And that's where Jesus was on that certain day. Who seeing Jesus, what did he do? He fell on his face and he besought him and said, Lord, if 
you are willing. You can make me clean. If you're willing. And he put forth his hand, speaking of Jesus, and touched him. He touched a man that was full of leprosy. He was not afraid. And he said, I will be thou clean. The Living Bible says, of course I will. I love that. That's positive. Jesus said, well, of course I will. Absolutely, positively, I am willing. And then he stretched forth his hand and he said, be thou clean. And notice with me, this was an immediate healing, an immediate miracle. And immediately the leprosy, what did it do? It departed from him. It left him. He that was once full of leprosy, he that once had questions in his mind about his willingness, he knew he was able, but he who was full of leprosy is now totally cleansed. The great I am cleansed him by saying, I will. Hallelujah. Listen to this. The I will of Jesus canceled the if of the leper. The I will of Jesus. And he hasn't changed one bit. But there are millions of people that are there right now wondering whether he's willing. There are millions of people questioning his willingness to heal. They say, yes, God is God, God is good, God is able, because God is sovereign, but God will do exactly what He wants to do. And so it leaves them kind of over in the land of never, never land. Are you listening to me? Anyone that asks that question to you or to me, we already got the answer. The answer is He's willing. He's able because He's omnipotent, He's all-powerful, but He's willing because He is love. And you notice in the Word of God that Jesus Christ, when He went about doing good, He was so moved with compassion. He was so moved with the love of God. He looked out on the fields and they were white already into harvest. He saw the sheep just wandering about. Is sheep having no shepherd? He saw people that were full of sickness, full of disease. They were wandering aimlessly through life. And he said, oh, he said, may the Lord of the harvest send forth labors. Listen, friends, there's more sick people out there than there are laborers. I said there's more sick people out there than there are laborers. But we are going to answer the call. I'm willing, Lord. I'm willing to go. I'm willing to lay hands on the sick. I'm willing to speak a word because the great I am who was willing is still willing yesterday, today, and forever. And we can answer the call. We can answer the call of compassion. We can answer the call of power. We can answer the call of miracles. We can answer the call of God upon our lives. Amen. See, you and I have got Scripture. We've got Scripture. 
We've got 66 books in the B-I-B-L-E, but we've also got current testimonies of what God has done and God is doing. So the question is now, Pastor, or you may be asked, John, Betty, whatever, how can I know for sure that it is His will? How do I know the will of God? How do I know the will of God? Well, an easy answer to that and a shortcut answer is, well, His Word is His will. Now look with me at Romans chapter 12, if you would, verse uh, 2. Is this as much as His will for humanity to be healed as it is for them to be saved? And I'm talking about healed of everything. Talking about AIDS, talking about everything. No limits to what God can do. Imbalances, whatever it might be, God is able and God is willing. Hallelujah. He can take chronic conditions and turn them around in a moment of time. Oh, hallelujah. He's the king over all chronic diseases. Amen. Who was it? That lady that was bowed over for how many years? Was it 18 years? Yeah, it was 18 years. She couldn't hardly, she couldn't hardly lift herself up. But Jesus came along one day and said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And later on, when he was questioned about it by the religious hypocrites, he said, Hey, this woman's a daughter of Abraham. She's in covenant with the king who is willing. Come on, somebody. Help me out tonight. And he said, she's got a covenant with God and ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, lo whom Satan has bound these 18 years, be free from this bondage. Whoa, glory to God. Glory to God. 18 years is nothing with God. 38 years is nothing with God. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's master over all. Hallelujah. And He's charging us as a church to do something with it. And not just talk about it, but to demonstrate it, to live it, to breathe it. Woo, hallelujah. Amen. Romans 12, verse 2. Notice this in verse 2. It says, And be not conformed, to this world. Don't talk like them. Don't drink like them. <laughs> Don't smell like them. Don't be conformed to this world. But be transformed or changed by the renewing of your mind. Not the removing of your mind, but by the renewing of your mind. God gave us a mind to use. He wants us to think. He wants us to believe. So we must renew our mind for what purpose? Notice that we may prove or that we may test. That we may fully, fully come to grips and to grasp with what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now He would not tell you and I to renew our minds if there wasn't a purpose behind it. We are to renew our minds so that we can understand what the will of the Lord is. That's what Paul said to the church at Ephesus. He says, be not unwise, 
but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So I'm unwise if I am going off half-cocked saying things just off the top of my head. Just because grandma taught it, a lot of people bought it. But is what grandma is saying in line with the will? Is what religion is saying, is it in line with the will? Be not unwise, but understand, comprehend, and grasp fully what the will of the Lord is. Now, the will of the Lord is good. The will of the devil is bad. The line of boundary between God and the devil is John 10, 10 a the thief. He comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But why'd you come, Jesus? I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. So are there things happening in the world that are not God's will? Was 9-11 God's will? People say, well, you know, you just never know what the will of the Lord is. Now, phooey. Is the AIDS epidemic in Africa the will of God? Absolutely not. We know what His will is by what His Word says. But we also know what His will is by looking at His character and by looking at His person. We're not supposed to be ignorant concerning the will of God. Well, you just never know. You just never know. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, everybody feel better. Let's go have punch. You know, some cake from Costco. Do you all feel better now? (laughs) No, we don't. (laughs) Look at John chapter 14. Let's look at John 14, verses 8 through 11. John the... You know what I'm talking about. I would rather say, you know, I don't know. Rather than just go off half-cocked and say, well, the Scripture says. Talking perpendicular. Okay, so John 14. Philip one day came up to Jesus and said, Jesus... Please show us the Father, and then it will suffice us. Will it be sufficient for us? Verse 9, And Jesus said unto him, Have I not been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me has seen the Father. Hallelujah. He that sees us in Christ should be seen Jesus. He that has seen me has seen the Father. And why are you asking? Show us the Father. Look at verse 10 and 11. Read it with me, please. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works sake. So there was something happening out there. I mean, the water turned into wine. 
The nobleman's son got healed. The paralytic got let through a roof and he was healed. A woman with an issue of blood, glory to God, that dried up in the presence of the master. A lunatic's a lunatic got delivered. Syrophoenician's daughter got set free from demons. There's things happening. See, look, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you don't believe that, just take a look at what's been happening. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. And you'll see that Jesus Christ, according to the book of Hebrews... That He is the sole expression of the glory of God. The Amplified says that He is the light being. He is the outrain of the radiance of the divine. He's the perfect imprint and the very image of God. Oh man, that blesses me. And guess who we're joined with? Guess who we're raised with? Guess who said the works that I do? shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. And I didn't leave you as orphans, because when I left, I sent another one, not exactly the same, but one like me. He's your paracletos. He's your comforter. He's the one called alongside to help. He. Hallelujah. Is the spirit of power. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Paul said it like this. What? What? Know ye not? That you're the temple of God? And that the spirit of God dwells in you. And if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body and will bring life from your spirit to your body, but also out of your belly then shall begin to flow rivers of living water and miracles and healings and the grace of God shall be so abundant that there shall be a deluge and a flood of the glory of God flowing through the blood-bought church in this day and this hour. Hallelujah! Catch the spirit of revival. It's in the air. It's everywhere. It's all over the place. You don't have to go to Ramah. You don't have to go here. You don't have to go there. What you just need to do is stay full of the Holy Spirit and full of the Word of God and just let Him use you. Amen. Amen. Start where you're at. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 3 once again. And let's just look at our text. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you have a a passion to see people set free? You know what? That's 100%. You got a passion. Whoa, hallelujah. How many of you are going to pray in the Holy Ghost till that passion just gets stirred up? And you get into overflow. And come, passion together starts flowing through you. Hallelujah. 
Matthew chapter 8, when he was come down again from the mountain, the great multitudes followed him. There came a leper unto him and worshipped him and said, Lord, if, you're, you, you, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will. Say it with me this three times. Of course I will. One more time. Now say it this way. Of course he will. Of course. Of course he will. Hallelujah. 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 Faith then begins where the will of God is known. Trust begins where His will is known. Now I want us to look at some scriptures tonight. And let's look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 through 29. One, one major reason why folks stay sick is they don't know His will. You know, just when Dad Hagen was on his deathbed, preacher came in and he could see that he was near death and the preacher said to him just be patient boy in a few more days it'll all be over you know 17 years old now come on what songs would you like sung at your funeral 17 years old he was 17 years old on a deathbed. And in the midst of all that darkness, light came. See, the Bible says he satisfies the longing soul. He was seeking for truth. He would read the Gospels daily and he could only sometimes move a page a day. But he would be diligent to read the Word. And he came up to Mark eleven twenty four. Where the Bible says, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The devil did his level best to talk him out of it. But he received his healing on his deathbed because the light came. Faith activated the power that was available. Come on. And he walked. And he leaped for about 84, 85 years and preached the gospel. Amen. Listen, don't let anybody put the lights out on you. Don't let anyone put the light out on you. Now, I understand that there's, there's, you know, there's a million reasons why people die premature. I'm not addressing those tonight. Amen? To be quite frank with you, I don't have all the answers. And we're to love people and comfort them. And we're to be like Jesus and meet them right where they're at. Come on, somebody. That's right. I know that's good preaching. But listen, trust, faith is so vital. Matthew chapter 9, verse 27 says, And when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him. And they were crying. And they were saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Wow. 
And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said unto him, Yes, Lord. Jesus was looking for a response. He got the response he was looking for. And then in verse 29 says, Then touched he their eyes, saying, According now to your faith, be it unto you. Now look at Mark chapter 9, verse 21. Mark the ninth chapter. Mark chapter 9, verse 21 says, And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? This is the child that was was lunatic. And he said, of a child. And and oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and, and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. In other words, if you can do anything. If you can. Do you see that theme? But Jesus said unto him, it isn't really so much what I can do. It's what can you believe? Jesus said, if you can believe. Now listen, all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen. Jesus didn't mince words about it. He didn't say, well, I'll go check with my father and see what kind of a mood he's in today. I'll see whether his sovereignty is on high level or low level. I just don't know. You never know. I, you know, he gets kind of grumpy some days. He said, it's not a question of what I can do. The question is, is will you believe? And what was his response? And straightway, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, and he was honest, wasn't he? You ever been here? Lord, I believe. Help thou my what? I can't prove this scripturally, but I have a theory. And my theory is that he had faith in his heart with doubt going on in his head. You know what that tells me? Trust in your heart trumps doubt in your head. And God will meet you right where you're at. This guy was honest. He said, I believe. In my heart, I really believe. God, help my unbelief. You've been there. I've been there. We've all been there. But notice what happened. And straightway the father, the child, cried out and said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Look at verse 25. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the false spirit and said unto him, Thou dumb and deaf, what? I charge thee, come out of him and enter him when? How did Jesus know that he had a dumb and deaf spirit? How did he know that? It had to be by revelation. It had to be by how he was acting. Listen, God wants to use you. And God wants to use you. And you in the gifts of the Spirit. He'll give you a word of knowledge. Not all the time, but sometimes He'll show you that it's an evil spirit. Now, not all sickness and disease is there a presence of an evil spirit. But the devil's behind all of it. 
But sometimes there is the presence of an evil spirit that needs to be dealt with, come on, in order for that person to be delivered, in order for that person to be healed. And there was one case. Amen. A spirit of infirmity. That lady had, didn't she? A spirit of infirmity. He dealt with the spirit. And in dealing with the spirit, the disease left the body. Thank you, Lord. Now, one thing for sure, we can't put God in a bottle. And we can't put God in a box. But one thing we need to do is we need to stay open to Him. And that's why God gave you antennas in the spirit. (laughs) No, you're not an alien. But I know Brother George talks about this all the time. Brother George Aramley talks about going into a hospital room and just kind of, you know, sensing in his spirit what was going on there. He said, I'd put my spiritual antennas up. You know what that is? That's the privilege of you and I being led by the Spirit. The Bible says as many as are led by the what? By the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. Mature sons of God, daughters of God, have the privilege of being led by the Spirit of God and hearing from God and knowing what to do in a situation. That's powerful. You and I are in a privileged position in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And so the will of God must be known. And uh, if we had time today... You know, there were miracles that happened instantly. But in the 19 cases of healing recorded in the Bible, 10 of them, Jesus talked about the individual's faith. Amen. The nobleman's son in John chapter 4, verse 46. Let's look at a couple of them real quick. John four forty six. he says, So Jesus came into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum, And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. And then Jesus said, Except you see signs and wonders, you'll not believe. And the nobleman said, Sir, come down ere my child die. And Jesus said, Go your way, your son lives. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto them. And what did he do? He went his Way. Now notice verse 51. Are you ready to shout? And he was now going down. His servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son, what? That's good news to a father. That's good news to a daddy, a mommy, a grandpa, a grandma. You got some kinfolk that are battling some stuff? It's good news when things turn around. It's awesome news, glory to God. When they can walk free from whatever they've been bound by. And I'm talking about addictions too. There ain't no addiction too big for God. I don't care what kind of addiction it is. Pornography, heroin addiction, cocaine addiction, crack cocaine, it don't matter. God's bigger than that. And your relatives are better than that. So don't sit there and condemn them, and, but don't condone it either. Just go to God and call on Him and just see what God will do. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We already talked about the paralytic let down to the roof. 
Jesus said, when he saw their faith, everybody needs some crazy friends. Everybody needs at least three or four crazy friends. When they came to the house that day, the house was full. Oh, I'm waiting for the day where the house is just so full. All of a sudden you hear a saw on the roof. Oh, I hope our ushers are on that day. You know what? These guys said, you know what? We love this brother. And we're going to go to any length that we possibly can to get him to Jesus. Remember the first church we pastored? Remember the little old lady that was sick and dying? We got an ambulance for her. Put her in a stretcher and just plopped her right in the Rhema Bible Church Auditorium. Brother Hagen taught. Brother Hagen ministered to her. We believe the Word of God went into her. Amen. But you got to be willing to have some crazy friends so you can have crazy favor. When the mind goes tilt, you need some friends that will say, hey, we'll just go up on the roof. We'll let the boy down. Jesus didn't say, where's the head usher? (laughs) I better be careful here. (laughs) Jesus, when he saw their what? Their faith. When he saw their faith. What happened to that guy? He went in one way, but I'll guarantee you, he went on another way. And so it's good. To have some radical people around you. That's right. Amen. Hey, radical. Why not? Amen. Yeah. Well, may I see your degree? No. <laughs> I have a PhD. I praise him daily. <laughs> I have a BA. I am born again. <laughs> a DD. I'm a devil driver. Sometimes you just got to get out of your mind, down into your spirit. And the world will say, you're out of your mind, you're out of your mind. Like Mark Brzee says, thank you, I've been waiting to get there for all these years. I finally got there. I got out of my mind, down into my spirit. Right down into my heart, because real faith is of the heart. Amen? Confidence, boldness in Christ Jesus. Where did it happen in my notes anyway? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How about the centurion servant? Look at Matthew chapter 8, and we'll go back to verse 5. Ten lepers, remember them? Jesus said, hey guys, go show yourself to the priests. The Bible says, as they went, they were healed. Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw the faith of them. In actions, letting them down through the roof. The lepers went to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. But only one of them came back to give him praise. And Jesus said, hey, your faith makes you whole. And again, I can't prove it. But they were lepers. To me, wholeness means nothing missing, nothing broken. Perhaps that leper had no evidence that the leprosy ever existed. 
But where were the nine? I don't know where the nine were. We don't want to be the nine. We want to be the one. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, and he besought him and said, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. This was a guy that loved his servant. In God, there are neither superior or inferior ones. And Jesus said, I will. Everyone say, I will again. Maybe he said, of course I will. I'll come and heal him. Verse 8. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come into my roof. But here's what you do. (coughs) Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? I mean, you don't even need to show up, Lord. Just say the word. Now that lines up with Psalm 107.20. Write this down. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Amen. He sent his word. Sometimes it might just drop in your spirit. A relative, it might be a friend going through a trial, going through a severe test. And you might be in Oklahoma and they might be in California. And yet in your heart, you know that you know that you know that you've got peace. And you know that everything's going to be all right. And God inspires you just to send the word. Listen, the word knows no limits. Speak the word over your loved ones. Well, somebody says, I don't know where they're at. God does. And miracles and power and faith know no distance in the realm of the Spirit. Speak the word. So Jesus spoke the word. He spoke the word. And my servant will be healed, for I am a man under authority. He understood authority. I have soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes. Another come, he comes. And then my servant do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to him, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith or great trust, no, not in Israel. And so I say unto you that many shall come from the east, west, sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom. But the children of the kingdom should be cast into outer darkness. There should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now here's what he said to the centurion. Go your way. It's done. As you have believed. So be it unto you. And his servant was healed in that self-same hour. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You know, they came to Jesus to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Now, you're not going to get everyone to hear. And you're not going to get everyone in a posture and a position of faith. But God is still God. Are you you listening to me? God is still God. Now, in order for some people to keep what God gives, they've got to make sure they've got faith. And for Christians who sit under the Word of God, it's very important. You see, what God so freely gives by grace must be appropriated by faith. Are you listening to me? But it is not faith in our faith. It's faith in Him. It's not faith in what we can do. It's faith in what He's already done. Let's all stand to our feet. That's long enough for tonight. Amen. Let's lift up our hands and thank Him. Let's pray just for a few moments for miracles and power and signs and wonders.